This is March, and unfortunately, the hits keep on coming. This is Locked On Guardians. You are Locked On Guardians, your daily podcast on the Cleveland Guardians, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Locked On Guardians. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. Uh, I want to say happy 901st episode. I know we didn't really talk about how Andre's second parter was our 900th episode of the show, but that's just a pretty cool accomplishment. Um, I also want to add in and say, hey, you can't blame team injury for the latest prospect injury. So get off my case. Go go blame <laughs> Justin when we get into George Valera later in the show, uh, as well as Sam Henches, of course, uh, as the team is apparently made of uh, paper mache players so far in camp. We, you know, we'll, we'll have a lot of fun and fall of it. I think we want to start off with Andre. Uh, I just want to throw out. I didn't really know Andre super well before this. Uh, it was thanks to Justin. We got him. I thought it was a ton of fun. I thought he was very engaging. And my personal favorite part was when he asked us questions, wanted to improve himself in like his knowledge of the minors, like wanted to know some sleepers and then physically wrote it down. Uh, I thought that was just cool that he would listen to us and do that. And, you know, I often complain about how media, some of the big names in media in Cleveland don't seem to have progressed since like 1982 in terms of like stats and knowledge and base. Um, sometimes it seems like, you know, they uh, just stuck in one gear and there's Andre who's always willing, who's willing and trying to be on top of his game. So that's my takeaway. I know Justin has even more to say, uh, but just again, his generousness of his time and everything else. I, I thought it was great. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. I, I'm, I'm super glad we had him on. I hope people enjoyed that. And if you haven't had a chance to listen yet, I would go back. We had a lot of good feedback from that episode and just very grateful we had so much time. We didn't plan on having him on for – we ended up having a, like an hour and a half conversation with him. And we were like, well, this is going to be too long. People aren't going to like the length of the episode. At least our, our bosses won't like the length of the episode. So we cut into two parts. But we truly didn't have any like plan of it being an hour and a half. But – it was such a good conversation. Neither, both of us said, we're not going to not gonna like, all right, it has to end here because th- too many good things were happening. And uh, it was just very enjoyable stories. But uh, I would say a couple things for me, you know, we talked at the end about Terry Francona and his, uh, the timing of his uh, food related injuries always, you know, come, al- uh, come along at a time when he is, de- you know, scheduled to make a big speech, whether it's uh, before the season in the playoffs facing, you know, precarious situations. So I thought that was an interesting, like little, little tidbit there that he just picked up on that. Now it's like a whole conspiracy theory. Like, you know, it, but he just said at the end too. And I think I even said, you know, this is why we should really like Terry Franco. And like I said, you, you can, you can get mad about when the team bunts and who bunts and, you know, how many times Brian Shaw is out there and you know, he's on the team this year, but, uh, he's such a good communicator and that's what matters so much. And that's what I said in the podcast after Andre told us that story. The other thing too, was it was a good story was, you know, not just deciphering um, Terry Francona's food related injuries and speeches, but he, we talked about Will Brennan and the outfield, which we're going to get to later in this podcast as well. And he was talking about what Rick Manning said and about how, you know, is 300 at bats 
for Will Brennan better in the major leagues than 500 of the minors. And that was an interesting point. You know, we had a good back and forth about what to do with him. So I, I just thought that was an interesting point to kind of to, to look at and think about roster construction, how to bring young players along as a unique team uh, situation because there's not a lot of veterans. And the other thing I would say too is is just the insight onto how this team turns the corner. Like I, I love the quote. One of my favorite quotes from from him, and I'm sure he got this from the team. But he said they they embraced being baseball's runts, right? The guys who weren't invited to the party. They they really are thriving on that. And how good Terry Francona is at uh, telling the team that you know yesterday was great. That's fine. But today is what matters, and he'll worry about the long term. He wants his players, you know, to worry about today. So I thought those were all really, really interesting points uh, about how he, how you know Francona keeps this team going, and then like I said, the Will Brennan thing too, and how they construct this outfield because you know he said, I don't want to send Will Brennan to the minors. I'm just asking how how is this going to play out? How are they going to do this? So I thought there was a lot of interesting back and forth and insights into how this is all going to play out this season. Yeah, like I said, I, I think if you haven't listened, then I don't know what you're waiting for. You're going to get yeah. some insight from that. Um, I saw people talking about how, like, that interview, like, made them even more appreciative of Andre, which was a kind thing for people to say. But, you know, I think it was also just fun to see him not, you know, in work mode, just to get to see Andre being Andre fully. And, you know, he's, there were points where he was like, oh, this might get me in trouble. Uh, I mean, we and we even joked with it. I think you know that's fully on there about like how we intentionally did not ask him about Bally's, and then he brought it. Yeah, up. yeah. Well, we'll have, we might have more news on that today. There is some news out there. It doesn't really regard Bally. Well, some yeah. of it regards Bally's, unfortunately. Uh, and he even said, I, mean, I had to laugh at the end. He was talking about how well, if this gets back to Francona, maybe he'll disagree with me. I'm like, trust me, I don't think you have to worry about that. I don't think Terry Francona or anybody who talks to Terry Francona is listening to this podcast. I think you're safe there. Yeah. Uh, the stories were just fantastic too, just about Jose and you know how he predicted Stephen Kwan's breakout in 2019, and you know the, the I, Oscar Gonzalez story and, and going to see those guys. I mean, there was just the, a lot of the unicorn but, chatter was also kind of interesting, like just in kind of the reflecting now about um you know how successful this team has been with players that should not work because you know we talked about how a, a former player and scout said tristan mckenzie is going to be successful I, I mean a lot of things he said there are honestly things i've said um where i had my concerns that he might be more reliever than starter and it's worked out you know and i always tell the story about how when i looked up you know up trying to find a starting pitcher who had had like more than three seasons of like 10 or more starts who was his height and weight combo I said the only guy who matches is Jason Smith, and I didn't tag him. But Jason Smith found that tweet, oh, and yeah. you know that I was, I was wrong. <laughs> that was his high school weight, not his professional weight. Um, so yeah, I think it's kind of interesting because I mean they keep going for unicorns and they keep being successful, which again I think is partially, you know, good scouting, but it's also like they've got they get the metrics and the data we don't get to see, and so much mm-hmm. that under the hood stuff that we what we are guessing at they know. Right, right. The other thing I, I really liked that he that he brought up too was uh, the Tanner Bybee conversation too, because obviously we spent a lot of time on this podcast. Well, you talking even about, talked about similar, like he had that same idea that you did about Bieber being hidden. Yeah, about how how they yeah. haven't let Frank Cona see Williams or Bybee, and yeah. how he got to tell that story to Bybee. I, I do know that I don't want to give away any any ballys or or whatever they end up doing, uh, any future things you'll see on, on programming, but I know he got to sit down with Tanner and talk to him. So I know they have that somewhere in their 
their archives as far as interview footage for whatever the time comes. But yeah, I thought that was great that he brought that up because we had talked about that, about how he, you know, they made, Bybee is on the travel roster. Like if you look at the, the Guardians rosters, they, they send out uh, for guys who are on the travel list, like, you know, extra minor leaguers who come with the team every day to potentially get in the games. And a couple of them have already made their debuts. Like, I, I don't know really the top of my head. I looked at the roster and I saw Tanner Bybee's name on that roster. So at some point in spring, he could get into a game. Uh, just going to depend on when they do it. Cause like, like uh, Andre said, they might be hiding him from Francona yesterday would have been perfect. The, not yesterday would have been uh, Tuesday would have been perfect because they had a split squad game where Francona went with the Seattle, uh, them to play Seattle and DeMarlo Hale managed the team while they were playing Kansas city. So they could have pitched him in the game where Francona wasn't there. So he wouldn't see him, but We'll see if he gets into a game or not. But I also thought that was a great nugget as well. That was a good point that you said about how we had brought that up. And then, you know, Andre brought that up out of the blue as well. No, I thought that was a lot of fun. I think, uh, you know, we've got to talk about Valera's wrist and Hench's soreness. And, you know, we have so many things to get to. Roman Quinn, a uh, future Hall of Famer. But uh, first, let's take a moment and talk about our good friends, over at FanDuel.com. Now, you by now have to know about our newest sponsor. Though there, I will say this, a little bit behind the scenes. They won't be our newest sponsor for long. Um, but for now, I, I mean, they're still going to be a sponsor. <laughs> we have another fun sponsor coming. I'm going to put it that way. Uh, but FanDuel is America's sports book. It's the midway point of the NBA season, the NHL season. Uh, let's talk some Columbus Blue Jackets trades. No, I'm kidding. Because new customers right now get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. Safe, secure, and super easy to use. And then you can bet on everything from the money line to the point spread uh, and threes drained. Uh, Again, we're going to say bet the over on the Guardians. That is our advice. Plus, FanDuel lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. So who's uh, which broken player do you want to start with first? All right. Before we get the bad news, because it's going to be bad news. Let's get, let's let, let's just drop in some good news. Did you happen to see Josh Bell's skyscraper homer from the other game? I think it was uh, Tuesday's game. It was no, on TV I, against uh, Casey. I've been dealing with uh, Justin knows this, and else knows this. Uh, I've been dealing with a flooded basement the past few days. So my my additional time for anything baseball has been um, pretty non-existent in after school hours. I've been uh, doing some cleaning, moving, and everything else. So I have not watched one iota of baseball these last few days due to that um added bonus of uh some flooding out here in wisconsin and uh me on the receiving end of that well that's bad news and what we're about to talk about is bad news so let me just <laughs> say josh bell's run was awesome to watch it was loud and uh, i hope we can see 25 of those so let's go for 37 I, right wasn't that as high the one year was it 37 yeah well i'll say 25 maybe we'll do an over under on that at some point but i just want to give everybody a little bit of novocaine before we get into the pain report the daily pain report is back unfortunately this is this is march i was excited this is March. this is march i do um, i was i was bringing i you know I, I put josh bell in here and i do appreciate that sb nation had an article titled josh bell under investigation for trying to shoot down balloon with baseball <laughs> 
that ball was up there, man. He tattooed it. It was a it was a video game swing. It was it was good. Well, Josh Bell's healthy, thank the Lord. Knock on wood, and you know all that for good now. Stuff. Well, he's not on either of our our prospect teams, so that's uh, that, that won't happen. But Jeff, what it, what is your well for those who maybe are living under not under a rock, but who maybe aren't keeping up? But uh, Sam Hench's shoulder. Uh, is is not in good shape. He inflammation, has, right? Yeah, it's inflammation. He is week to week, and what Terry Francona meant by that was that they're gonna kind of see how he responds week to week to treatment and and see where they go from there. I just quickly googled this. This is not this is Google medical advice, and I I don't have any access to any sources or imaging here. But um, shoulder inflammation takes about four to six weeks to fully recover. So. Um, if you're lucky enough that it's only that yeah there are some other things that could be a play here so what what is your level of concern right now for this injury um you know i as i look at this it it sucks because uh to 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 be very poetic uh there he like i said i think he could have elevated himself to be in that like 99 trevor stefan like the big three in front I thought he was really at that level. And, you know, he has had Tommy John in his past. There was just that one health issue. But once it happens once, there's always some small concerns. Not to make this – I can see Justin's eyes closing of, like, why did I even mention it? But uh, but here's the thing. I am surprisingly not concerned. And this might be mind-blowing. But, again, I wasn't viewing Hench's as – the lefty in the pen. I thought there was a chance that Heron could make this team and be in a, a left-handed role. So Henches could be just a back-end arm regardless. Like maybe he's the guy you bring in for the tough lefty in the eighth, but you leave him in for the whole inning. Like situational, but he can get out righties or lefties. It's awful because one could argue he was their second best reliever in the second half. And I think you can make that case, but because of the depth this team has, it's not a backbreaker in the same way that like we talked about the Cody Morris situation not being a backbreaker. Now, if we have a few more of these, it will be because there's not going to be anyone left, but uh, you know, is Tim Heron fully ready to go? No, that, that is a concern. You know, he was, there were some struggles in triple a just like, which he's getting a little bit more of a pass for than Logan Allen is in some places. Um, I think both should get passes, honestly, because that triple a baseball was slippery and weird. And that park is not very friendly. Um, it also hurts because Andrew Miziazic is also nicked up, right? He's uh, he had a so you know they're down. He's lefties. not going to throw at all uh, this spring, as far as I know. So they are down. This is their second lefty. They're down. My other point is something I'll go back to from the end of last season. I know Connor Pilkington is essentially number six starter wise, but like I think he could have a Hench's play up scenario if you put him in the pen. That's point A, and point B is let's go back to that Andre Not interview again who are the Indians having Joey Cantillo face in camp? Who? Who are the, or the guardians? <laughs> I just, I just had to, I just had to. No, it's going to happen it's, still. It's <laughs> like they're having him face the toughest of the tough. Um, you know, if he's going to yeah. have a limited inning count this year because of two years of injuries, maybe it's not, he starts the year as a lefty reliever, but if anything extends on Cantillo might be henches at some point this year for them. Uh, I, the, the depth is still there that I am not, I'm not shaking in my boots. I'm not like, let's go sign Brad hand. Let's go sign Zach. Oh, God, no. No, you know, I'm not at any of those levels, but I, 
it, it's awful. It's a very valuable piece, but they have this. They're maybe the only team in baseball who can actually somewhat cover up. Yeah, I'm having some camera issues. You can still hear me, right? Yes, yes. Okay, I don't know why my camera's having some issues, but because um, my computer's working today, so someone no, has that to figures. Know. Yeah, I mean, I'm definitely concerned about the shoulder for Sam himself. I mean, this yes. is never a good thing. Never, you never want to hear something like this. Um, I just don't. I don't know. He was he was a pretty valuable reliever to them last year, especially like you said in the second half. So I'm concerned for Sam himself and what that potentially means for the bullpen long term. Like I, you know, you want uh, you want him to recover, and I and you want to have him for the length of the season, right? You don't want to rush this back, and that's the thing. This is early. They can they can catch stuff like this. I'm just gonna turn my camera off. They no, could catch ahead. stuff like this now and hopefully shut him down before this gets becomes a bigger problem. And like you said, take it week to week and maybe it won't be that bad. But I have a little bit of concern for the bullpen on this because I don't know if I love the idea of throwing some of your depth into the bullpen. Like, yeah, you can throw Tim Heron in there. This obviously benefits him because I don't, I don't think it was a slam dunk that uh, Tim Heron was going to make the, the opening day roster begin with. He could have. There's that last bullpen spot. We don't know what's going to happen with that. Um, but I think this benefits him more now. Hentress has, what, I think one appearance so far. That was his only time he's throwing out. Yeah, it was 20, the 26 is his only time throwing. Um, my other issue with this is, well, I'll, I'll get to this in a second, but, um, well, there's more bullpen stuff going on too, like, we haven't, oddly enough, we have not, there's no update on it, but oddly enough, we have not seen Trevor Steffen yet. We have not seen Emmanuel Classe yet. Maybe they're slow playing them. We haven't seen Nick Sandlin yet. Obviously, he was hurt at the end of the year, and he's coming back from injury. He's just playing catch and, and throwing a bullpen. We haven't seen Cody Morris yet, obviously. That's going to be, they're slow playing him after the uh the lat injury once again. We Emmanuel Claus, I'm not Emmanuel Claus, Daniel De Los Santos is throwing a bullpen. He should be ready to go soon. It sounds like, but you know he's a little bit behind. So you know, there's just these little things. Bullpens, bullpens are a pain in the rear end, and they're great one year, and sometimes they're not so great the next. And and even when you have young, talented guys like this, when you don't have I don't know. I guess it doesn't matter if you have veterans or not because the buildup of, of innings at some point burns everybody out. So I don't know. I, I just have concern overall with, for the bullpen. Like, you know, Cody Morris's injury and Sam Hench's injury and Nick Sandlin's got an injury history. And, you know, Cla- now, first it's Dale Santos. And, you know, what's going to, why haven't we seen Stefan or Classier yet? I know it's early. I hope they're just bringing it wrong slowly. And I don't know. When you insert more young guys like Cantillo and, and or, or Pilkington, you're hurting your major league depth and you're throwing guys into roles they're not used to. I know Hentges wasn't used to it last year and he grew into it, but um, I don't know. Hentges became such a integral part of that bullpen. I mean, your starters only had to go six innings and you went to the step in Hentges, Karinczak, and, and Class A, and the game could essentially be over. Now, you know, you've got one guy dinged up. Not, you know, we haven't seen the other two. Yet this this postseason or the uh, the spring training, so I don't know. I just I just want to see these guys get through spring training healthy and 
into the season. I guess I'll wait to see who went, who pitches and when, but um, this is, this is why you bring a ton of guys to camp, right? Like all the guys we talked about here, someone needs to emerge to step up this year. You always need someone new to step up and emerge in a bullpen. Um, so I just hope somebody does. Cause I, I really dislike this for Sam and I dislike this for the guardians bullpen, but hopefully it's, they can catch it now and keep him, keep him shut down. He's just fine, but uh, I don't love it. I don't love yeah. It. I mean, I, I would have concerns if you loved it. Uh, I'll be honest. <laughs> yeah. I'd be like, yes. I'd be like, what, well, what's like, going on there? <laughs> this is like a, I'm going to say a six, like out of 10 for me right now. Yeah. I'm that, hoping that, next week insane. when they provide an update on it, it goes down. I'm hoping it doesn't go up, but like right now it's probably a six and, I'm just, I just, I'm, I'm waiting to go up or down next week. Now, if we weren't already down like Espino, Morris, Miziazic, would it be more of a five? Or would it still be no. a six? No, it would still be a six. Cause I, truthfully, I was not counting on a lot yeah. of, I wasn't counting on anything from Espino or Morris. And I wasn't counting anything from Miziazic. I was counting a lot on Henches. So, no. I, I would feel better if those guys like stepped up and were healthy, but I'm not, I, it doesn't make any difference to me because um, I don't know. I, I'm excited to see if Tim Heron get more of a shot, if this is what happens off of it. And I think Tim Heron can, can, de- can develop into the same kind of pitcher Sam has already become, but it's like Sam is already kind of a, a known commodity. And, you know, when you're trying to repeat as, as a division champ and, I don't know. Hopefully, I just hope they hold him out as as precaution as long as they can and build him up the right way. Because I'd rather see, I'd rather see Sam Henches pitch fifty innings from like May to the end of the season or sixty innings than I would rather see him come back too fast to make the opening day roster. Because people forget this is why I, my level of concern isn't that high yet because the opening day roster is not is often not your roster that you're playing with in yeah. September. I just hope that. When we get to September, Sam is healthy and pitching. This is coming from a guy, by the way, who I didn't think Sam was going to develop into any of this. I thought, you know, didn't have the pitches of the command to be a reliever, and uh, I certainly wasn't too high on him as a starter after the season before. Yeah. No, I I would argue the only reason I'm not, like, super scared is depth, but it is certainly a, a uh, you know, it, he broke out last year. I don't think there's any other way around it. I thought he was someone you take off your 40 man. I didn't think he was. I was like, you you don't risk losing Cantillo for hedges. And that would have been a mistake. So uh, I am glad I'm not running this team. But we're going right. to take a, a quick break and then come back and talk about the player that Justin injured on today's episode of Locked on Guardians. So, Justin, why do you hate George Valera? Wow, that's that's a great question. Hey, you know, with the questions you, you asked in the Andre Andre interview, I'm just getting some revenge here. Um, oh, that's right. Yeah, we did. That was a takedown of Jeff. All, with with all, a lot of my hatred of spring training coming up. Yeah, um, I mean, hey, I didn't say anything that wasn't true. I I didn't no, say anything that wasn't no, true. I, that's fair. That's fair. I just wanted to call you out and see what and see how we could get that. But, uh, you know, I just wanted to, it, before we couldn't remember who drafted Valera, and we both just kind of assumed that I had drafted him because he's hurt. Yeah. So of course he's team injury. <laughs> but no, he's on your team. So, uh, he is on I my cannot, team. I cannot take the blame. Yeah, I'm still going to blame you anyway, just because. Fair enough, I'll take it. I, mean, I yeah. guess I am going to take the blame. I just said I'm not going to. I, <laughs> I'm pushover. still blaming you. What a pushover! I think uh, I think it was just a domino effect. I don't know. So the weird thing with him is, is they I guess that 
this is the second time George Valera has had wrist issues. He had the handmade surgery a couple of years ago and Terry Francona's update about it said that he didn't have the hook removed the first time. So that's not like a traditional, or I'm not sure that's not like normal how they, how they do those injuries. I don't know for sure. Cause obviously I'm not a medical expert and Terry Francona said he's not either, but they did remove the hook. And now my wife, since she's the, the uh, anthropologist bone specialist. Oh, there you go. See why did you, what that could have been part of show prep, man. See, you're dropping the ball. That oh those kids and those those flooding man just so many excuses you, you should have yeah, been on that now. <laughs> uh, how concerned are you about this? Because to me, this isn't anywhere near the level of the Sam Hench's injury. And and the funny thing is, like I shouldn't say funny because we're dealing with injuries here, but handmates can be a, a real pain, like the, a long term pain. We've seen guys struggle with them. Obviously, Jose Ramirez came back from his just fine. He came back to hit a, a freaking grand slam against the White Sox in 2019 after having no at-bats. But, you know, Valera is a guy who's had injury issues in the past, and this is a second surgery he's had on it. They're going to hope that they just, you know, give him a few days off and he's going to be fine. But I'm, I'm really not that concerned. I just, you know, I'm, I'm not really counting on a whole lot from Valera this year. To me, Valera, whatever he does this season, to me, is a bonus for Cleveland. I'm hoping it's a bonus. I hope things go well in the outfield, they don't need them. But I think whatever happens to them this year would be a bonus. So my level of concern is significantly lower for for George Valera right now. Uh, so I thought this was kind of funny. I typed hook of handmade bone removal. And the first return is from the National Institute of Health, you know, a government website. And it's the excision of hook of handmade fractures in elite baseball players. Like, <laughs> wow. Because Elite. Elite. Yes. George Valera is elite. So apparently it just like once you've had that injury, that hook is at a much higher risk of it occurring again and again and again and osteifying, which means becoming like, you know, like I broke my thumb. So it's osteified. So I can't bend it. Like, you know, it's, it's, that's a layman's term on it. Uh, but, um, but they removed his handmate. They removed it. They didn't remove the hook before. No, they, they, they did this off season. I think the first time. Yes. yes that's what I'm saying. It. So the hook, yes. the hook is gone now. Now. Normally it is. Yeah. So it is actually yeah. a thing. It's weird that it didn't. And reading Terry's comments definitely made me think, oh, this is kind of weird. Um, so in terms of like my guardian's level of concern, it's a it's a one because for Valera to get significant reps this year. You need at least two outfielders to fall flat on their face because of one. And things guy, are already bad anyway. If yeah, that then things are in bad shape. But it's like if something goes wrong, then Brennan is stepping in. And honestly, like if. Like, let's say there's a world where Oscar Gonzalez. Yeah, you and I are both talking. We're really, we're getting, we're starting to buy in too much, maybe Oscar Gonzalez. But let's say that we, you know, that That's we're all odd. wrong. Um, Will Brennan steps in. Now, let's say Miles Straw uh, gets hurt or can't be healthy and is hitting like, you know, at Austin Hedges levels again. Uh, then, you know, you maybe shift over Quan and maybe someone like Gabby Arias or Tyler Freeman might actually get more considerate time in the outfield playing over um Valera in those situations so it really would take like another guy going down a third player. you have Rishi so I, too yeah have and I just don't see that I don't see a a pathway to Valera getting much time this year you know he's, yeah. he was 21 last year I think there's things they want him to work on and he needs reps because now in terms of in I'm going to cut off my statement there because in terms of my Valera concern it's a seven for me so just in terms of him, it's a high amount because injury, this injury guy can't pass. stay healthy. Like it is, it is a constant. 
last year was his first time playing in over 90 games. I want to say in a year, he is just, he is that guy who is always nicked up, always, always nicked up. There is always something going wrong. The reason he needs to play a lot in AAA this year is he just needs the reps. We need to see if he can adjust and get to those balls at the top and bottom of the zone. They struggle with this year. Is it a groove swing? Is it not? We need to see what he can do. Um, you know, there, there are people who are like totally out on him, which is crazy. Um, premature. Yeah. You know, and it's one of those things where it's, if you look at zips, the prospect he is most similar to in terms of like data, the previous year to this year is Nolan Jones. Mm -hmm. Both of them were guys who were top 10 prospects in zips and then got up to double triple a and took a a precipitous drop. Like, and, and there is that degree of like swing and miss and, you know, there is some overlap in that skill set. So, um, you know, different players overall, but it is a power, patience, uh, you know, it, similarity there. So I, I will be curious to see. For me, it's he, he desperately needs reps and he can't seem to find health ever. So for as much as people are out there, like sky is falling for Daniel Espino, it's kind of funny to me that people aren't doing that for Valera when he has been arguably more injured than Daniel Espino has in his time in the minors. Yeah. I mean, you've already got a lot of takes out there that are like, Oh, they should have traded him already. Like I, I think that makes a difference. No. Like teams know his injury history. Yes. It's not, a, it's not a, you know, it's not. And, and when you're negotiating with a team, you have to hand over all the medical files. Anyway, you have to, he has to go through a physical to pass anyway. So they're going to know his past as it is. Like you, people know this kind of stuff. Like if we know it, they know it and they know By the way, they Sean probably Murphy know more. had a broken handmate. That's why he fell to the third round. Like, you know, it, you know, he seems I, to be I know, okay. Yeah. He seems to be fine. It, 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 there's Chris Shaw is about the only guy I could really think of where, um, where it seemed to like never quite recover. And you're like, I don't know him. That's fine. He was a first round pick who I think only had some cups of coffees in the yeah. big leagues. And in my mind, it was part of the reason that Travis Hafner fell apart, but then you discussed with me and I realized, yeah, you were right. It was more shoulder and hand. It just, it started with the hand, but it was more like the shoulder that ended up undoing yeah. him. So it, it's not really a, a one that you see. You never hear something like, oh, it was the handmate. That was the end of it. Um, but this yeah, isn't like, this doesn't sap his trade value yeah. though. Like this is, yes, handmade injuries are not awesome, especially for power hitters because power is the thing it can yeah. sap, like you said. But this doesn't make you know, doesn't say, oh, they should have traded him. Like, yes, prospects get hurt. And, but like I said, if His we know he wasn't the, that high this offseason, yeah, I, I you know, it's relative hard, to, it's hard to say relative to other things, he's not headlining again, he's not headlining that the Murphy deal. Like, they, they right. wanted well, a, a if that was type. the case, yeah, if that was the case, they would have gotten Murphy, yeah. I think. So, but, yeah, you know, I think he was, he's, I don't know. He, he's, he's not top three on most people's lists. I don't think anymore. Right. Like maybe I'm wrong, but like he's, he's, he has a lot of places. He's still he's the number third. two and yeah, there's a couple places. He's still like two and three and top five. So I don't think it's that bad. But like I said, if, if we know this injury history, other teams do too. So you can't sit there and say, well, they should have traded him because it, this doesn't make a difference. Like, no. yeah, if, if, if this keeps him out a lot this year and it causes him to have issues hitting and hitting for power, Yes, that is going to affect his value long term if he has another bad year. And you can also point to this if he recovers from it, he could be fine. But, you know, people are going to start to, if this does become an issue for him all of 2023, 
then teams are going to start to look at the injury history a little bit more. So let's see what happens to him, the balance of the season first, before we say, okay, his injury is, uh, his value has taken a hit in terms of a trade, you know, other, I mean, there's a reason Will Brennan got to, to the majors before he did. Right. And there's a reason Stephen Kwan did, even though Valera has been around a lot longer. Some of that's health. Some of that's just skill set, And that's some of that is what Cleveland prefers. So, Let's let's wait to see how this affects him all season, if, or if it does at all, before we sit there and decide. Well, the stock is is down. This is definitely something that adds to his injury history, which, like you said, is a concern. But let's wait and see how this plays out for him. But Jeff, before we go, mm-hmm. before we get out of here, does this give more opportunity to Roman Quinn? Everybody's favorite topic right now. You know, it's I, I don't know if you saw Zach Meisel had him on the forty man. I did see I that. I had him on the 26-man I... roster. I thought that was interesting. Uh, I do want to point out that, you know, he's got 80-grade speed. So that has always been there. That has always been part of his game. But he really, credit where it's due, he has completely revamped his swing, changed his launch angle. Um, yeah, I, I jokingly said I don't think he's ever hit two home runs in a game before this year. Uh, and then a former Philly He hasn't had a home run. In, he hasn't a home run until 2020, Jeff. Well, he did it in the minors. Um, well, like, yeah. if, if you look at like just his uh, Savant data, it's like a 96 sprint, sprint speed. His arm strength was 98. Um, he didn't hit from much exit velocity, but he has been working on his launch angle. Last year, his launch angle in th- uh, about 300 pitches was 23.3 degrees. His average counting that is 12.1. So, I mean, he did a massive change. He almost doubled his launch angle last year. So he's, okay. he's trying something. I don't know if it's going to work. I don't. I, I, it's hard to see a pathway to him making this team because you're already going to have to clear one spot with a catcher. You have to clear two 40 man spots uh, for a guy who's where is he going to even get at bats? Like, uh, again, if it's, I have a hard time seeing a pathway to him being there. I do. I was just going to say, I had to look at the data myself. I was going to say, launch angle doesn't mean anything without exit velocity. You can't sit there and say you're going to hit the ball in the air more unless you have the power behind it to hit the ball far. Increase he did. Slightly. He is over 91 last year max of uh, average exit velocity, yeah. and the max EV is 107, which is good. And I will I will say – His max has always the, been solid. Yeah, they have. And I will say that the broadcast yesterday talking about him, they said Charlie Manuel, who I believe is still like a, a consultant for the Phillies and some hitting stuff, wanted to keep Roman Quinn as much as he could. So if Charlie Manuel likes a guy as a hitter, that gives you some – Something to think about because Charlie Manuel is a hitting savant. He's always been a good yeah. hitting coach and eye for that stuff. So that does say something to me. I'll be curious to see, you know, what that means. Like you said, he went through some swing changes last year, but uh, I don't love the idea. I know, like you said, swing changes. He has speed. He can be your backup center fielder if things go wrong. Kind of a perfect twenty sixth man in a way, though. You know, he is. He is. I hate to. I kind of hate to admit it though because it really makes life tough for Will Brennan, but I think I have something we should talk about among about the outfield on tomorrow's show. Yeah. Um, I mean, if, if you carry, you know, the limited bench, if it's just Gabby and Brennan and Quinn, is just a speed defense guy and he's not taken from Brennan. I mean, I, I would say this, I'm warming to the idea. The more I get to see, got to find a roster spot, but it's the roster spot. It's like, okay, is Cody Morris going on the DL is, you know, uh, well, Spino isn't on the 40 man yet, so that's the end of the year they have to add him. But it's like, is Sam Henches going to go on a 60 man disabled spot? I mean, what, what team I was looking at the, Do- the Dodgers 
already have like four guys on the 60 day mm-hmm. disabled list. They've already jumped that gun and are doing that. You know, I, I feel like Henches is going to go on the 60 day DL. Um, hope not. I think, I think it's premature to say that right now, but I, I'm I don't know. Just hoping I, that's not the case. I don't know. I've, I've, I feel like uh, some pitcher is going to be in right now. He's the leading candidate, but then you still need to clear another spot. It's tricky. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll talk about a little more about the outfield tomorrow and roster spots and, and all that kind of stuff as it relates to Roman Quinn. We just snuck that in there. Other stuff we can talk about tomorrow as well. So make sure you're coming back for the final episode of the week of Lockdown Guardians. Jeff, any last thoughts or final licks with the bat here? I know people are trying to work it in. People are going to ask about the after show. Um, we'll just be transparent. We were asked to not do them anymore. So I, I'm going to just put that out there. I know people like the additional content. Um, uh, they told us if we want to, to do a six podcast a week or to throw additional shows, but not to do an extended show. So uh, I just want to let people know if you're noticing the smaller ones, this was dictated and, don't get mad at people, but that's just, you know, I don't want people to get mad at us, but I also want people to understand. So, yeah. And, and feel free to express that. I mean, the support is good to see that we, you do like the longer content. Um, some, we have some other ideas for that, you know, either saving some extra topics from the end of the week and just recording an extra episode or doing a live, um, you know, when we can. So there's still potential for us to do, it, it would more be like a bonus episode versus, you know, an after show. So, but let us know how you feel about that for sure. Um, we definitely want to please the audience and please our people who are telling us what to do at the same time. Yeah. So please the fans and the paycheck writers. Yeah, that's, that's the ideal balance for sure. But we do have plenty to get to tomorrow as well. So, Well, uh, thank you all for listening. Remember to rate and review. Download daily. It helps. Uh, tell a friend. Subscribe on your work account subscribe on that great ants account whose computer you're always going over to fix and remember go go guardians go